1: Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey, everyone. I'm Megan Kelly. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show. Happy Tuesday. Well, <clears throat> another day and more leaked video. Media Matters dropping another piece on Tucker Carlson. I can't. Can you? I can't. It's so absurd. It's so absurd. It's so obvious. Ah. Plus, someone's now leaking against Ron DeSantis, too. Boy, if you lean right, you better watch everything you say and do, because somebody's probably taping you right now, waiting for you to stumble or become a public figure or just to hurt you in any way. Okay. I think most people on the right already know that and have been behaving accordingly. Uh, But the thing is, most people on the right or in the center don't live their lives uh, trying to ruin other other people for their casual moments. Only leftists think that's the way life works. So what's Fox News doing? Joining me now is Stu Burgheer. He's host of Blaze TV's Stu Does America. And Dave Marcus, a columnist and author. Dave writes for a lot of publications from the New York Post to the Daily Wire. Um, welcome back, guys, to the show.
2: Thanks so much for having us, Megan. Thanks.
1: All right. Dave Marcus, where's the cigarette? What's going on? I thought you were bringing that back. Here.
3: No, I, I'm, I knew I'll it. tell you, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm very grateful that Media Matters has stopped complaining about me smoking on TV and moved on to Tucker. It's, you know, I, I, I appreciate that greatly. <laughs> he's, taking
1: the, he's taking the heat for you. Um, I it's guess like that's same as level a place of to start as anyway. Okay. So you know, I like to show the videos only so people can see how absurd this is. And it does really raise a serious question of, is it Fox? Fox seems too smart to think this is bad for Tucker. But I... They seem too smart to fire their number one star, too, and they did that. So here's the latest post on Media Matters that I believe is meant to ruin Tucker, I guess. It's unclear what he's talking about. Just so you know, I don't know it any better than you do. He's clearly lamenting the some liberal at Fox News who may have pronouns
0: in their bio. Watch. I was like, she's got a lot of liberals working over there and, you know, they see this as war. And we're the main force on the other side. And like, that's crazy. If you've got pronouns in your Twitter bio, you shouldn't work here because we can't trust you because you're on the other side. And she goes, well, who? And I said, I'm not going to name names because I don't know who did it. And I'm definitely not going to cast dispersions on someone unfairly. Just because you're liberal doesn't mean you did this. It does mean you shouldn't work here. And Roger would never put up with this shit. Why would you do that? Do, Do you know what I mean? They see this as war. It's like I'm not that. I'm an actual liberal. Like I'm totally fine being like our makeup artist is like a screaming lefty. Um, no, but I'm not that way. as you know, but they are that way. And I said I'm not ashamed of anything I said.
2: You now look like you recently
0: had COVID. I you did. Fresh
2: faced and healthy. But do you know
0: what I mean, Justin? I don't know. Why. If if you've got like that that horrible guy who was just horrible who was Judge Jeanine's, uh guy. I couldn't. Yeah, that guy is like a screaming left wing lunatic. Why does he work here? What? He totally dicked over his anchor and then we expect he's not going to dick over the network. Like, I don't have specific information on it, but I would. It's just. Yeah, it's crazy. I,
1: you're feeling angry, aren't you? You're feeling pissed off at Tucker. For saying somebody who's so left and woke that's really what he's objecting to somebody who's woke shouldn't be working for a show like his or you know the fox news channel i have no problem with that whatsoever like it's not he, he's not saying you can't work at fox that would be illegal to make a firing or a hiring decision based on that though he's not in that position uh to hire and, fu- and fire um But he's basically saying, why would you work here? This is not the ideological place for you. You're not you're going to be unhappy. My whole life is spent railing against the woke, by the way. Same. (laughs) It's not that you're unhirable. You could come work here if you're a trans person. However, you're going to have to be okay with where I stand on this issue. You're going to have to listen to it all day long. And then you better not get any ideas about taping me or running out and making a stand based on the thing you signed up to do. Still, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, that seems like a basic function of a workplace, right? You don't want to necessarily be fighting for everything you oppose. I know it'd be very difficult for me to go to, let's say, uh, a a trash heap like Media Matters and work there, um, mainly because I would question every day why I even existed. Um, But I mean, I wouldn't want to be fighting to try to unfairly ruin people's livelihoods on the side of the argument that I like. What, 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 What sense would that make? And of course, if you go to Media Matters, you're not going to find lots of people who are on the conservative side of that arrangement, despite the fact that they seem to be indicating they're opposed uh, to that uh, situation. Right. Like the fact that someone who's mega woke is going to go to Fox is probably just not the place that they're going to enjoy uh, their work and also the their employer is not going to enjoy it. And, I, you know, I'm with you on this, Megan, in that, like, it seems so completely inept. It's hard to believe that Fox is involved in, the, in these leaks. Uh, you know, uh, most of these leaks, I think, have come to the side of where you'd like Tucker Carlson more <laughs> after listening to mm-hmm. them, realizing that maybe he is the exact same person behind the scenes that he is in front of the camera, which is not always the case in the media, as we know. You know, I think. And yet maybe... and yet who else who else would be leaking this?
1: It's right. very clearly. Off of the Fox R Dome system. This is, I worked there for many, many years, 13 years. Mm. You have this, an internal system. This is how they caught, remember the woman I interviewed her who leaked the tape of Amy Robach? She cut the tape, yeah. she didn't leak the tape of Amy Robach saying, I had the Epstein story years ago. They buried it. And you could look at the system and figure out who cut it. You, the system shows you everything. You have to log in with your own ID number. So there's no question that this was a Fox person and they must know who the person is. Now the real question is, who did that person do it for? And then who who was in charge of the clips after they were cut? I you know I've espoused my beliefs based on my own dealings with Fox. Um, and, the, and the other thing is, not only do I believe it was obviously, you know, Fox, and I have said publicly, I think it was Irina Briganti who runs comms, who's got a long history of attacking talent. But let's look at, I'll put this one to you, Dave. Let's look at the first New York Times article that released the Dominion texts that Tucker had uh, been involved in that had been redacted for the litigation. So only Fox and Dominion had access to those. So it was one of those parties. And it also included two tapes that would wind up on Media Matters of Tucker like this, on camera but off air, but being taped. Now there's only one party that I just mentioned that would have access to both of those things. And it's not Dominion.
3: Yeah, no, look, I mean, it's a great point. And I feel like, you know, at at this point, we'll probably know the Supreme Court leaker before we know whoever's, uh, you know, doing this leaking. Um, Maybe they'll get
1: the the Supreme Court marshal on the investigation of who's doing the Tucker leaks.
3: (laughs) Could be the same person. I mean, maybe it's all Sonia Sotomayor. Who knows? Um, I shouldn't have said that. you know, I think Stu makes a great point, though, about this leaking. And I think it's why we're all confused as to why anybody would think that this makes um, Tucker look bad is that what Tucker has and what really made him special. And the reason that that he and Fox were able to create this unbelievably impactful um, TV show together is that he's authentic. I mean, anybody who's like sort of spent time with him, you know, I interviewed him for my book and it's some of the most insightful stuff that's that's in my book. Um he is who he is, and that's kind of rare on TV. Uh, and and Stu's right. I mean, this just shows it to you. It's it's absolutely baffling to me that anybody could think that this is damning at all. I mean, it's it's innocuous. It's it, it it's very strange, and 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 it's unfortunate because, like I said, you know, what Fox and Tucker created together was something extremely special, um, and and it really is a shame to see it uh, end this way. I guess it's you know, not not unheard of. But it's it's sad.
1: Well, but I mean, it's more pernicious than that, because it's clearly an active campaign to destroy. And word out of Carlson's camp to me today uh, is they're extremely frustrated that Fox is clearly slow walking the negotiations to try to keep him under wraps as long as possible. They do not appear inclined to let him out of the non-compete at all. They're trying to shut everybody up with non-disparagement and non competition uh, requirements so they want him to be quiet they wanted to be quiet about fox they wanted to be quiet professionally uh that includes fox his executive producer who they also canned um for no, with no explanation right this is a guy who's got a family to support too others to support and um so they're gone and and fox is not negotiating in good faith now as tucker has been looking to his allies to step up the pressure on fox and i can tell you this the pressure's working because we just got in Friday's numbers on the Fox News Channel, and I've never seen anything so low. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. I've never seen numbers this low on Fox News ever. And I joined Fox News in 2004 when they were being funded by the Christie Lane commercials. Okay, it a, there were some lean days. Uh, we were still number one back then, but that didn't say much because we weren't getting a lot of eyeballs on the channel. Uh, I'll give you an example. Okay, Tucker's last week on the Fox News Channel, his show averaged um, three million in the overall. And they averaged almost 400,000 in the demo, 25 to 54, 377,000 to be exact. On Friday, the 8 p.m. show got, again, once again, he was averaging 3 million. It got 1.284. So we'll call it 1.3 million. From 3 wow. million down to 1.3 million. And in the demo, again, it's let's call it 3.8 was 377,000. So let's call it 380,000. They got 90,000. Oh, 90, 90. I've never seen. You're getting to the point. If you go below 50, you get what we call slashies. Remember, Abby, <laughs> we used to laugh at the Morning Joe crew because they'd get slashies every every day. We're like, these people are so self-important. They have fucking slashies. Anyway, <laughs> they're, they're looking at slashies potentially on the Fox News channel. Prime time. I realize it's Friday. Fridays are never strong. Uh, I'll get you Tucker's ratings on his last Friday. They were, I think, triple this, but still 90. No. Mm -mm. And by the way, they lost. They lost on Friday in the 8 p.m. to both MSNBC and CNN. It's you have to try hard to lose to CNN. The 9 and the 10 p.m. also lost to MSNBC. The 9 p.m. only went up to 100,000 in the demo. The 10 p.m. was back down to 94,000 in the demo. So what happens is they lose eight. They hemorrhage at 8 and then they never recover. The whole primetime is blown out still.
2: This is, I mean, that is a jaw-dropping number. Uh, it's hard to describe to people who aren't in this business what kind of number that is. You know, I, I do a radio show every day with Glenn Beck. And people remember Glenn from, from his time at Fox News. And so much of this is so, <clears throat> so familiar. Uh, but people don't really remember that before he was on Fox News, he did a little show over at CNN Headline News. Uh, at seven o'clock for a few years, we were doubling those numbers in the demo at CNN headline news, not even regular CNN. Mm. And I mean, 90,000 in the demo is catastrophic. If you look back, and it's funny looking at the Dominion text that came out, they were panicking over a few people leaving for to, to Newsmax for a while during the post-election aftermath. I can't even imagine what is going on over there? They must be running around panicking. And maybe that explains the sloppiness of this campaign or this, this alleged campaign from people like Arena Briganti. Um, and I will say alleged because I don't want negative things leaked about my children to their school newspaper. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I will say this is the type of campaign that looks terrible uh, because they seem incredibly desperate. This is the, not just the number one uh, cable news channel. This is the number one or number two overall cable channel a month after month after month for years and years and years and years. And they're turning out, you know, audiences that are similar to fish tanks at pits, pet stores right now. This is a <laughs> real problem for them. So I'm not a quick uh, math person, as
1: I assume you guys aren't either. Otherwise, you wouldn't be journalists like me. Um, but a, a quick chicken scratch back of the envelope shows me Tucker's last Friday. In the demo, again, that's the most important number: 25 to 54 year olds. He got 270,000. 270,000. Tucker's last Friday. Now they're at 90. Even I remember that 27 divided by 9 is 3. <laughs> so what oh, he's he was tripling. They've lost two thirds of their audience. He was tripling the number that they're getting here. I'm so now they're in all, all panics too. You say you wonder what's going on there. Yes, they're in a panic. And they're more than ever determined to keep Tucker silent. They're like, oh, my God, we got to shut him up. He's going to bring all those viewers. They don't get it. Tucker's audience is mad. They're going to stay mad and they're going to continue to punish Fox while it keeps him leashed. The only hope they have is to unleash the guy and let him just use his voice elsewhere and try to treat him somewhat fairly now. But here's the deal. Um, they, I think this is extraordinary, Dave. They put out their executive vice president of ad sales and their president of ad sales, marketing and brand partnerships. They put them both out for an interview um, with Variety to tout how they're bringing back blue chip brands. They're getting more advertisers in the 8 p.m. hour now. So this is them trying to say we're better off without that loser. We've gotten Procter & Gamble, Which advertises products like whatever razor blades and deodorant and so on. Uh, Ozempic is now (laughs) is now of course uh, advertising on the eight and some other like Miracle Grow. Okay, so the fact that they actually put these two top ad execs out shows they're panicking. They never do that to say it was a good idea
3: i mean listen the the fact of the matter is that in this business nobody's ever bigger than the outlet i mean you know we even if you found the outlet right i mean we just watched james o'keefe who was the founder of project veritas is is no longer with it like the outlet jealously guards its ability to to really spit anyone out i think the problem i'm just gonna say for the
1: record i i am bigger than the
3: megan kelly show as a
1: whole, like they cannot get rid of <laughs> that, me and continue. That, that
3: might, that might. Well, you know, until you sell it, right? I mean, I take your point, <laughs> and, and of course, but like you could sell it to somebody. I could right? sell Devil May Care
1: Media. I could sell dev- my my media company, yeah. but I can't sell the Megyn Kelly Show without me.
3: Well, but you know, but but I, I don't know. Like, there's Project Veritas without James Okay. You know, m- my point is that, that 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 Fox wants to make absolutely clear that the outlet is bigger than than any star player. I think the problem here is twofold. One, uh, you know, the numbers don't lie, as you just say, but it's not just the audience, it's the intensity of the audience. I mean, anyone who ever went on Tucker's show knows that the difference between appearing on his show and any other show was night and day. I mean I mean the first time you did it as soon as you you know were done your phone's blowing up. The only thing I could ever compare it to is like when Rush Limbaugh would read one of your columns and all of a sudden like your uncles emailing you. There was just clearly this <laughs> in- you you know what I'm talking about Stu right? Oh, it was yeah. like people crawled out of the it was that big. Um That's really hard to replace. And I think that it engendered a kind of loyalty in his fans that where I I think you're right, they're going to look at any attempt to say, well, maybe we're better off without him uh, with a real side eye. It's, It's a problem
1: hmm. They need to let him out of his deal and let him talk to. I mean, this the fans are not going to let up. They're punishing Fox right now. And Fox is banking on. Look at this week and we'll get to this. We're expecting this huge influx of migrants down at the southern border as they get rid of Title 42. They're banking on their fans requiring Fox News for information on things like that. And they are kidding themselves because the conservative ecosphere is very large and vast, and they don't need to get that information from Fox News anymore. They have to somehow make amends with the upset viewers. And the way to do this is not by trying to ruin Tucker and silence Tucker. They haven't gotten that yet.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the very least, they deserve their listeners, their viewers deserve an explanation. I mean, even if it's a lie, at least tell us (laughs) something about what's going on. You know, these people built your network. I mean, Bill O'Reilly was a big star. He's on there for 20, 30 years of number one. You know, Tucker comes in and does a good job. It's a very difficult thing to step in and replace somebody like that. Does a good job, keeps the show number one. Everyone's talking about Tucker every night. And to take that audience who went through that journey with you and flush them down the toilet and not even give them an explanation is terrible. And, you know, if you did, it, uh, not many people are, but if, if you did happen to tune in to Fox News over the past couple of weeks, if you happen to turn it on, you'd see a lot of coverage, a lot of mockery, a lot of uh, finger waving against Bud Light for losing 16 to 20 percent of their sales and saying, how could they not know these people screwed up so bad? Dylan Mulvaney. And I'm with you on that. But we're talking about 50, 60, 70 percent ratings drops on Fox News. How did they not know, Megan?
1: Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you this, too. Lachlan Murdoch participated in the first earnings report since Tucker uh, was, well, again, he hasn't been fired. He's been canceled. His show's been canceled. But he hasn't been fired. That's why they still have him. Uh, they They reported a $50 million loss, primarily due to charges associated with legal settlement costs. Obviously, they'll be bigger than that, given the Dominion filing um, this quarter. They go on to say, this is uh, Lachlan Murdoch, with regards to our programming strategy in primetime, there's no change to our programming strategy at Fox News. It's obviously a successful one. And as always, you know, we are adjusting our programming and our lineup, and that's what we continue to do. So they won't won't say. They won't tell um, the people on the earnings call. They won't tell Tucker. They won't tell Tucker's lawyers. It gets to be just a huge fun secret that we continue to speculate about um, as the audience continues its revolt. I just want to make one other point. Irina Briganti publicly denied that she's behind the leaks. So she's spoken out saying it's it's a lie. Um, But I take you back again to that New York Times report. Who else would have access to both Tucker's private texts that were given to the Fox lawyers in the Dominion litigation, which appeared in that New York Times report a week ago, and to two of the leaked videos, the first two, showing Tucker sitting on the set. Could be a rogue employee doing the second thing. Could be some pissed off whatever, taping Tucker just because he doesn't like him, right? Some tech guy who has access. Could be, could be. How does that guy know what Tucker texted <laughs> who, that he handed over only to the general counsel? Huh? Ask yourself that. Because the same person was undoubtedly supplying the New York Times. It it didn't just so happen that someone either on the Fox side or the Dominion side provided the New York Times with those texts. And then that errant tech person just happened to pick the same reporters on the same day to forward his first two leaks before he caught on to me. That didn't happen. Use your head. So she can deny it all she wants. That's her history. She's denied many, many leaks that she's done about me and others. I take you back to the Roger Ailes days when she was protecting him and not the women that she was supposed to be protecting at the company and then denying that, too. Um, and if you need look no further than the Fox News milk toast, threatening letters to Dominion and Media Matters, like, you know, you shouldn't publish. So it it's not like, you know, it's not appropriate. Like, We don't we don't want it. We don't. Appreciate it. Wilson Sonsini, trust me, they know how to write a true nasty gram. That's not what they did there. So the, the writing is right there for anybody who's smart enough to read it. OK, we'll continue to follow it and figure out what the next move is. Speaking of leaking, Ron DeSantis had some traitor leak on him. Um, this was from debate prep against Andrew Gillum. That guy who turned out to be a hot mess that he ran against down in Florida for governor in twenty eighteen somebody leaked tape of the debate prep, which is just such a dirtbag move. If you can't trust the people in the room when you're doing something that private, you know, like, okay, let's see Andrew Gillum's debate prep tapes. Um, And you can't apparently. So here's a little bit of what they leaked. Once again, don't see how it makes him look bad. But here it is.
2: Is there any issue upon which you disagree with President
4: Trump? (laughs)
0: Obviously there is, because I've, I have mean, I voted contrary to him in the country. So I have to frame it in a way that's not going to piss off all his voters. So what I do is I do what I think is right. I support um, his agenda in terms of what he's been able
4: to do. If I have a disagreement, I talk to him in private. I think when you walk up there, if you have a pad, you have to write in all caps at the top of the pad, likable. I, I do the same thing, because I have the
3: same personality. We're both aggressive. Uh... Mm.
1: I don't know what you guys think. To me, it's a weak sauce.
3: Seems like he looks good. Like, I, I think that's not only does he look fine, but that's actually the right answer, even today in regard to Trump. Right. I mean, Ron DeSantis is not in a position where he can go around saying like Donald Trump was a horrible president. Right. He's on the record saying that Donald Trump was a good president. So he has to run a campaign where he says something along the lines of Donald Trump was a very good president, but here's why I can be more effective, because I have a different set of skills. That's exactly what I saw there. And I, I can't imagine why anybody thought that would hurt him.
1: So Matt Gates was there. He was there um, doing the debate prep with DeSantis at the time, as was Byron Donald's uh, who we've had in the show. And Matt Gates put out a tweet that reads, I ran the DeSantis debate prep in 2018 though I prefer Trump for president, bigly, the release of these videos by the person operating the camera. He names the person, doesn't name him, name him, but he identifies who he believes it was by the person operating the camera is disloyal hackery that I do not abide. Staffers who leak on the candidates they've done work for deserve the reputations they get. That's pretty extraordinary. I don't know how he knows that was the person, but now you got to worry about your tech crew right now. You got to worry about the guy who's actually shooting the debate prep. So you can watch it back later. This disloyalty. I, is this a growing thing? You know, we're taping. We're taping the anchors now and they're more casual moments. We're taping the presidential candidates and these disloyal hacks. That's the right word by Matt Gates. Release it publicly.
2: I think it is getting much, much worse. And and we're going to see a lot more of this, I think, unfortunately, over the next year, right? <clears throat> I mean, Ron DeSantis is probably going to get into this race. And his team and the people around him back in 2018 when he was running, you know, a lot of those people were really big Trump supporters. And I think the alternate is true as well. A lot of the big Trump supporters, people that I know who are huge Trump supporters, have decided to side ru- decide with Ron DeSantis in, in the, uh, in the uh, primaries coming up. There's been all sorts of backroom conversations and coordination and and strategy sessions between these two sides, and now they're going to go up against each other in which seems like a increasingly ugly battle. I wish this wasn't the case. I mean, look, Donald Trump did a lot of good things when he was in office. We, uh, you know, Ron, Ron DeSantis has done a lot of really good things for Florida. They both have really important messages, and I think can improve the country certainly from where we are. The fact that they're going to want to you know, murder each other for the next year, I don't think necessarily is a positive for the country. But I mean, you look at these debate tapes, and I think one thing it might remind people of is the fact that he was debating Andrew Gillum, and, and he won that race by 0.4% in mm. 2018. And then he ran again and won by 20 points. This is a guy who has a really good record, and, you know, Donald Trump, was on record saying he was a good governor. He's now, you know, we're in election season. That's sort of reversed. I don't think that's a smart strategy for DeSantis to do the same to totally reverse on him. He should be clear. Donald Trump did some really good things, but my approach can be better. I think Dave's completely right on this. You know, say the things that he give him credit. Be honest. People want to hear honesty. Say, yeah, he did these things right, but you know what? There's some bad things too. I can improve on that and I can, I can further this in a way that Donald Trump can't. That's what he has to do, I think, to, to actually win this primary.
1: Couple things about the details on the report of this tape of him prepping. Uh, they say during one session, an advisor suggests that DeSantis should immediately, when he gets to the podium on the debate stage, write the word likable in all caps on the top of his notepad. They say this is because they believed both DeSantis and Gillum were, quote, aggressive, and they didn't want DeSantis to appear condescending. Now, this is interesting to me because this definitely is, I think, a problem for DeSantis when you look at his candidacy. And we could go down the list of the Trump problems as we have for several years now. He's got some handicaps, too. But this is DeSantis's like, can he relate to real people? Right. He's strong and he knows how to fight and he knows how to legislate and lead. But is he likable? Is he relatable? And to me, it reminds me of um, there was a Fox News young personality. Who I shall go nameless for the purposes of this discussion, who used to write, she used to write on the, like a little note to herself right underneath the camera that read, Don't forget to sparkle. <laughs> Dave, Marcus, you have that on your camera right now. Don't lie.
3: <laughs> I, I always, I mean, I have it on my phone everywhere I go. I just try to remember <laughs> the sparkle. Um, it's working. Very well, thank you. But
1: it is not a good sign if you have to be told to be (laughs) likable.
3: No, no, it's not. And look, I do think I I do. people I've talked to do wonder about that it factor. I mean, the fact of the matter is in order to become president of the United States, you have to kind of jump through the TV in in, in a way that's compelling and meaningful. And that's, you know, it doesn't matter who you talk about. Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Trump, they, they all have this. I don't think it's clear. Um, that DeSantis has it. Yet you, you can teach it a little, Um, but I think it, to some degree it's it, it's either there uh, or it's not, and, and I do think that's a worry. Now I, I think that the best moment DeSantis has had of late was his inaugural speech, and everybody went nuts over that. Remember, it was like this is Florida is where woke goes to die. Um, mm-hmm. It was a really strong speech. He did a great job. <clears throat> um, and that's the Ron DeSantis that I think you need to see. But it, it's not touchy feely. It's not um, you're you're right. It, it, it's not that kind of personality that we're used to seeing in a successful presidential candidate.
1: No, that's not him. It's I don't think he's got that in him. Um, they are saying ABC News is reporting that he, DeSantis and his team have already quietly begun debate prep for the upcoming GOP primary, saying that. um, his team has been paying close attention to his facial expressions. This makes sense because, you know, he he had that weird thing in Japan where he did the like the head bobble thing. We've seen it a couple of times. Like, I don't know if that's involuntary or what, but they're working with him on that. And they also report that he is now likely to skip announcing an, an exploratory committee and instead expected to launch a full campaign next month. Is that a good idea? What do you make of that, Stu? I mean, is it a good idea for him? Like, forget the, just do it.
2: Yeah, I think that is probably just the way to go. Everyone knows this is happening, right? There's nothing to explore. In fact, has there ever been a candidate who's decided to explore and then it, the result of their exploration was, no, I'm not going to run for president? I mean, this just doesn't even happen, <laughs> right? Like, wait, you know, it's, a, it's really more of a, uh, you, know, you, you can raise money maybe a little bit that way, test the waters. But generally speaking, a guy like DeSantis is already one of the top two candidates in this race. If he gets in, he knows that. And so I, I think, Getting to it is probably something he's going to need to do soon just to keep up with the money. I know he wants to get through the legislative session and get as much passed as he can. And this is, I think, if there is a problem for DeSantis, this is probably it. I mean, Trump was really good at this, right? Like Trump, Trump can get you in a room and charm you. He can be funny. He can be uh, disarming. He's somebody that people, obviously, the media says what they say, but people generally like him. Yes, he does things that they don't like, but his actual persona when you're talking to him one-on-one is something that people generally enjoy. He knows how to schmooze people. DeSantis is not that guy. He's an Ivy League guy. He he can fight. He likes fighting with the media. He's very smart. He's very quick, but he does not come off that way. So maybe he does need to write likeable at the top. I wrote uh, look mm-hmm. thinner on here because it's a lot easier than dieting. Uh, <laughs> I, I just figure <laughs> I don't know if it works that you way. but. nailed it. But, there we go. We'll see if that You're works. You're
1: crushing it, Super Gear. All right, stand by. We're <laughs> going to talk about the latest dreadful poll numbers for Joe Biden. My God, it's bad news when we come right back.
3: NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next
2: business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner.
3: NetCredit. Credit to the people.
4: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time?
1: There was the most dreadful poll out for Joe Biden this week. It's so bad that left wing outlets are now running the kind of articles that read. So it's one poll. Don't freak out over one poll. It's going to be fine. It's going to be. Stop it. Don't panic. Um, but that poll wasn't done by some weird outlier. It was a Washington Post ABC News poll and it showed so many bad things. What I mean, where to begin? Um, Biden's trailing Trump big time in, in a head to head matchup. We'll get to that in one second, but let's just start with the overall. New low on his approval rating of 36 percent, 36 percent lower than I think any other president at this point in his term, 56 percent disapprove, 56 disapprove, only 36 approve. In February, his approval was 42. So he's down just from a couple of months ago. Um, And when you break it down by group, it gets even more shocking. Americans under age 30, 26 percent approval rating, non-whites, 42 percent, urban residents, 41 percent. Those with no religious affiliation, 46%. Among independents who voted for Biden in 2020, 57% approve. That's better. But he needs to get more than that. These are the people he already got in his camp. So he's losing at least 30% of those because 30% say they disapprove. Those are the ones who voted for him, the independents. Among the independents who voted for Trump, 96% disapprove of Biden. And listen to this on the economy Americans say Trump did a better job than Biden 54 to 30 six. Uh, We'll go down the list when it comes to mental sharpness and some other specifics head to head matchups in a second. But let me just get your reaction, guys, to those. I mean, that's the that that's his constituency, which is clearly turned on him. And we know that because he's already got 30 percent of his party wanting RFK or Marianne Williamson, Dave. And I don't know how he turns that around.
3: I don't, I mean, is he above water with people named Biden? I, <laughs> I, 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 I it's not clear. Like, I, I, I'd like to see that poll number. Um, no, look, this this is a huge problem. He's clearly in, in, incredibly unpopular. And you know, you mentioned RFK Jr., and I'm very interested in that. I have a piece up just today at the Daily Wire where I think we all looked at that like 20%. And our, our immediate reaction is like, that's just anybody but Joe, right? That's just, you could put Bart Simpson there and he gets 20%. I'm not so sure about that anymore because in an RFK Jr. I have a candidate who's against the vaccines, right? Which is totally against the Democratic Party, which is the party of vaccine boost. He's expressed um, skepticism about the war in Ukraine, which is again something Democrats don't say. Just this week, he said that biological men shouldn't play sports with biological women. I'm starting to wonder if this more moderate lane in the Democratic Party that that no longer exists because there's no more Kirsten Cinema. There's soon to be no more Joe Manchin. Um, if there aren't Democrats who want that um, and are expressing that in these polls, I, I I think it's too soon to say that. But that really jumped out at me that 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 an RFK Jr. could be at 20 percent.
1: hmm. Oh, my God. I would pay anything to see those two debate. I mean, of course, the Democratic Party has already said it's not going to happen. They would never subject Joe Biden to that for reasons like this one. Here's just the latest gas do as Joe Biden at an event the White House planned. Prepared by his own staff with, you always get pronouncers when you have a guest with a difficult name, you know, the, a name that you might find difficult, and he just can't do it. Here's the latest example from a White House event the other day.
2: I honored a group of trailblazing artists with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. The group included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and 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 Joan Shingang, I'm going Shanga, Kawawa. Ko- Ko- <laughs> I think oh, I pronounced it correctly. She can call me Joe Biden.
1: Oh God! Not only can he get that word out, he can't get out like even the words. I think a, as as like what? I understood nothing.
2: It's a, it's amazing. We, we, on my show, studios America, we we have these segments called "Hail to the Gaff," and we just highlight things that Joe Biden has done and we attempt to transcribe them. And like, that's where most of the comedy comes from, (laughs) trying to spell the sounds he's making. It's just remarkable over and over and over again. And that says nothing about the most of the time he's usually lying throughout the statement as well. Um, You know, it's it's really sad. People notice this, of course. I think this is a big part of why his polling is so bad. He was asked about why his polling was so bad in an interview with MSNBC. And And he said, look, everybody who's running for re-election at this point in their campaign has been right around where I am. Well, I went through this. I went all the way back to Harry Truman on this one uh, to see if that was accurate. And there are no examples of any president ever who has the numbers that Joe Biden has and won re-election. There's not one example of them. He's sort of close. This was basically at the bottom of where Reagan was before he really started his incredible rise to that massive victory. And he's sort of close to Reagan, though still st- significantly behind. He is uh, the only one he's ahead of all the way back to Truman is Jimmy Carter, which you may remember did not win re-election. Didn't so, go so well. He, it's lying, it's gaffing, it's all of it together.
1: Mm. There, are the, these are the, these are the numbers from the Washington Post ABC News poll on mental acuity. Sixty-three percent say Biden does not have the mental sharpness to serve effectively as president. Sixty-three percent of the American electorate feels that way. That's up from 43% in 2020 when he won. So we are up 20 percentage points after people got a good look at him and he came out of the basement. Uh, 54% say Trump has the mental sharpness it takes to serve effectively as president, obviously considerably higher than where Joe Biden is. When it comes to the head-to-head matchups, this is the thing that's really got people animated on both sides. 44% 44% say they would definitely or probably vote for Trump. 38% <clears throat> say the same about voting for Biden. 44 to 38, that's a six percentage point advantage for Trump. DeSantis versus Biden, it's a five percentage point advantage. DeSantis, 42% say they'd vote for DeSantis. 37 say they'd back Biden. Um, I don't know. Andy McCarthy's got a piece up over at National Review saying, don't believe the hype. Like the Democrats want Republicans to believe that Trump can win. They they want Republicans to believe that because they're they don't believe it. They don't think the ladies in the suburbs will actually pull the lever for him, Dave. So they want the right to get excited about polls like this.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, we've we've seen this dance before, right? I mean, we all lived through 2016 and there was absolutely no chance that Donald Trump could win. I mean, what did The New York Times put his chances like six, seven percent, something like that? And then lo and behold, there's tears in Brooklyn. Um, So, of course, uh, of course, Donald Trump can win this race. And frankly, I, I think that for those people who support DeSantis, electability is just a bad argument. Voters don't care about electability in large part because voters tend to assume that if they like a candidate, other people do as well. And when you look at polling specifically on electability, Trump voters you know, think he can win. Um, so I, I think this is a bad issue. And I think that if you try to say to Republican voters, you know, really hold them hostage and say, well, if you don't support DeSantis, Trump has, has no way of winning, they're not going to believe you. And it's just not a compelling message. So, I mean, I, I, I think, I, I really think that DeSantis' supporters would do well to stop making the electability argument. It's just never very compelling.
1: Mm-hmm. You, um, meanwhile, have uh, people trying to get votes. I guess in California, I don't think it's already uniformly Democrat, so I'm not exactly sure what this reparations push is about. But at the city level, we've seen it in San Francisco. I think they were rec- recommending five million dollars per person who just identified as black for ten years and maybe had one other criteria they could, you know, box they could check. And um, now the state is making a similar recommendation for reparations, um, which is, I think, $1.2 million to every qualifying black resident, along with a formal apology. A for- So, I mean, that's, I guess Oprah is going to get $1.2 million and a formal apology and, Meghan Markle, they live in California, they're going to they're she's going to get a formal apology and a one point two million dollar check um, from what, like the guy who drives the bus in like Oakland that he's got because he's white, he's got to pay Oprah a 1.2 million. Like, how's it going to work exactly Stu? Because I'm thinking this has the potential to be actually really divisive.
2: Mm, well, I'll tell you how it's going to work. I now identify as African-American and uh, I yeah. would love, uh, please, please uh, send me all of your money. Uh, You know, part of this, of course, I think is the political playing to your base type of stuff we've seen forever. But this is turning into a real movement. And I honestly think these numbers are so high, it almost hurts them. I would be much more scared of this if they were giving $10,000 away or $20,000 away, a number that was rational that they could ramp up over time. It wouldn't seem like it was that much. I mean, I think you're talking about hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars here. It's so completely absurd, but it doesn't make any sense. There's no way to track it. And honestly, like, why are we being held uh, responsible for the potential sins of our great, great, great grandparents? I had nothing to do Mm -hmm. with this. I I got news for you. I had nothing to do with slavery. I think slavery is an abhorrent institution. I believe in a limited government that wouldn't even have the capacity to institute slavery in any capacity um i i i think it's uh, we all do right and the fact that you know i'm not responsible if i had a great great grandparent who killed somebody who stole from somebody who committed some terrible crime the fact that now i'm going to be held responsible to fund multiple generations away from someone who i don't even think i have anybody in my family who did this it's just Terrible! It's a terrible idea, and it's just an excuse to redistribute wealth. It's a separate way to institute, uh you know, these socialist policies they've wanted to try and do so many other ways. This is just a way to pull on heartstrings to get it done as well. And I, I you know, hope like, it um, fails.
1: America is a nation of mutts, like me. You know, yeah. half Irish, half Italian, came over. Great, my grandparents in the you know early 1900s. They had nothing to do with slavery. They were in Italy. They were in Ireland. <laughs> they, they weren't. But they'd nothing. And I'm not cutting a check to anybody. I mean, if the Californians want to eat their own, go for it. I I don't really care Uh, if they want to vote for that. That's maybe they could reconsider their leaders. But the thing is, Dave, no matter how much they cut these checks for, it's never going to stop the incessant complaints of racism from the woke race hustlers. Even when they came to this conclusion, you had the people standing up saying 1.2 million per person who's black is an outrage. Here's a little bit of that.
2: The equivocal number from the 1860s for 40 acres today is $200
4: million for each and every African-American. If you are running for office, do not think you are going to win your election if you don't have a concrete plan for reparations. Biden, do not seek a second term unless it's accompanied by an executive order for reparations for descendants of American chattel slavery. We cannot forget or ignore the fact that we stole people from their native land. White America has turned a blind eye to this and say they should get over it. On behalf of myself, my family and my ancestors, I want to publicly apologize.
1: Oh, my Lord. I mean, straight out of the Robin DiAngelo book, Dave.
3: Yeah. uh, I mean, it's to paraphrase Woody Allen. You know, my grandparents were too busy being pillaged by the Cossacks to own any slaves. But um, (laughs) this this is this is crazy. Two hundred million dollars a person. I mean, why not a unicorn and a time machine? I I mean, this is, (laughs) you know, this is this is obviously madness. And, you know, it's funny. I I was I was tweeting about this the other day. And there's there's Gallup polling that goes back to 2001 and shows where Americans thought um, race relations were. Um, From that point until now, in 2001, 70 percent of black Americans said that race relations were either very or somewhat good. That's down to the low 40s. Right. It was like 67 percent of white people. And that's down to the to the 40s or the 30s. I don't think America has become 40 percent more racist in the last 20 years something else is going on here. You look at these, these sort of word searches from the New York times where the word racism, the, the, you know, the the words like wokeness words, like white privilege just spike. Um, and it's really a shame because this is not what things were like 20, 25 years ago. Um, and I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's very clear right now, how we, how we get back.
1: Mm, I, I actually do think that all of this has a very high chance of backfiring on the left. I was just talking to my dear friend this morning, Stu, and she was a lefty. Now she's a registered Republican, thanks to the COVID insanity. She has um, some kids and her one son was a committed lefty. He's a high schooler, right? I mean, whatever. That Young people tend to lean left. And he was arguing with her as she was having this evolution. And you know what? He's He's on the right now, too because at his super woke left wing New York school, they're shoving this stuff down his throat, the race stuff, the gender stuff. And he sees the hypocrisy. He sees that, you know, kids who've got two black parents who are investment bankers are getting a leg up on the two white kids who are there on scholarship, whose parents are blue collar workers. Right. It doesn't matter to that school. One's oppressed. One's not all based on skin color. So I actually think. Like this next generation generation has a shot of seeing how wrong this is because they're being forced to live it firsthand.
2: Yeah, I think you're totally right on that. I think there's an actual chance here. And it's only because they're so insane, right? Like If they were actually being mildly sane, I don't, I don't know what we would do. But they've gone so far so fast with the transgender issue and the CRT issue and all these things. I mean, I think there's a uniting principle for most people never make a decision of any sort based on skin color. Just never do it. There's lots of other things to judge people on. A lot of people suck for totally different reasons. Judge them because they are idiots and morons, if you wish. But don't judge them on skin color. Don't make any decision based on that. That was always, I I thought, something that united us. We didn't always hit that standard, unfortunately, in this country, but we were getting closer and closer to it. Then you have the opposite side of this, where you have people like Ibram Kendi, who write outwardly. They tell you, That, you know, the only solution for past discrimination is current discrimination. The only solution for current discrimination is future discrimination. They are literally advocating for discrimination in their works. They're 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 telling you. And I just don't think the American people connect with that. If they do connect with it, we are already lost.
1: Yeah, I I saw your tweet, Dave, that you wrote, um, I don't think people under 40 understand that there was actually a time, albeit short-lived, when basically everyone stopped caring about race. I agree with you. And that's the kind of thing that these woke BLM activists would be like, white privilege, that's your white privilege talking. But no, it was real. It was real. And, And even those wokesters weren't jumping up and down complaining. It's like they saw a window to exploit, you know, the the remnants of racial disharmony, and they took it. Um, and I just took the last word because we're out of time. You guys, thanks for being here.
4: Thank you. Thanks All right, we'll be
1: right back with Darren Oline, and you're going to want to hear this.
4: If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family ixl is an online learning program for kids that covers math language arts science and social studies backed by research kids using ixl are scoring higher on tests it's no wonder it's used in 95 percent of the top 100 school districts in the u.s plus a month of ixl costs less than an hour of tutoring. get an exclusive 20 percent off ixl membership when you sign up today at ixl.com slash 20 visit ixl.com slash 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price
1: There are many, many things in modern life that make our lives easier, from technology to personal care products for every need. Well, our next guest is here to share with us why we need to pay a lot closer attention to those conveniences and how they are impacting our health. Darren Oleen is a superfood hunter and co host of the Netflix docuseries Down to Earth with Zach Efron. He is author of the new book. Fatal Conveniences, the toxic products and harmful habits that are making you sick and the simple changes that will save your health, which is out next week, but available for pre-order now, Fatal Conveniences. Darren, welcome back to the show.
5: Hey, Megan. It's great to see you again.
1: You as well. How are you doing?
5: I'm great. You know, um, I'm just, uh... i
1: basically have concluded from your book that I need to throw everything out of my entire medicine cabinet and my makeup drawer as well. I should be dead before the end of the program based on the number of things I am putting on my body that are toxic. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because you take these measures, right? You're like, oh, don't use the plastic food containers, use the glass and, you know, don't have this kind of carpet, have that kind and whatever, like try to go organic on your cleaning supplies. And then you realize, you are swimming in a toxic stew all over your body before you ever get to any of those. And you're trying to sound the alarm on this. So let's just start on whether we should be hopeful right now or we should be scared right now.
5: 100% hopeful because we have the numbers on our side because having these conversations, you and I and your listeners who want to be better and want to do better, that. Once you become aware of something, then you can actually take action, and then change is possible. So there's eight billion people on the planet. So I'm incredibly hopeful that once you face things, you can actually change things. And uh, I'm I, I'm bummed that I had to write this kind of book in this day and age. I'm bummed that our regulatory bodies, you know, aren't doing an adequate Job. There's good people no. in those organizations, but but uh, you know it's time to just not wane around for somebody and 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 kind of do it ourselves.
1: Right. They, and they don't make it very easy. You know, it's like you you figure out something's <laughs> bad. Like there was news right before Easter about was it Red Dye Number Forty? Um, one yeah. of those that was appearing in the pink and the purple peeps. They were like. Don't let your kids have those pink and purple peeps, but they could potentially have a lot of peas in the yellow peeps. It was like, what if I didn't just happen to see this article while scrolling one day, my kids would have been downing all the pink and purple peeps. I could have fed them.
5: Yeah. Plus, the you know, the Gatorades, it's all over in the Gatorades. It's it's clearly been kicked out in the UK. So the UK also is in, in a lot of respects better around this regulatory body. They are of these kind of things. But yeah, the uh, you know, if you look at red specifically, number 40, it's connected to ADHD too. So it's like, wait a second, why would we be allowing an ingredient in a very common child's food and candy and drink that's contributing to the very thing that we want to medicate them on and for. So it's just, you know, again, I look at all of this as foundational stuff that we may not know we're being hijacked and, and, and affected. And so if we aware of that and, and minimize, you know, listen, like, of course you can go into the overwhelm of, I've got, got to get rid of all of this stuff, but you kind of, you have to take it just with life and life is you become aware and you take one thing at a time and you keep kind of getting better. I think that's, that's the credo of living a great life. So you don't have to get go crazy and throw everything away. You know, uh, I'm kind of an extremist, too, but I, I, I would probably do that. But but then it's overwhelming to try to figure out what you know, what are the safe products? And and that's why a fourth of my book or a third of my book was all based in solutions. So people don't have to, you know, freak out too much about it.
1: So let, give us an overview of what are, what are fatal conveniences? Give us some examples
5: yeah, well, you know these are these are things that are lurking in our everyday life that we're doing. Uh, that that unfortunately, the the bodies that be aren't necessarily protecting us. It could be deodorants with aluminum salts in there that's contributing to breast cancer and uh, you know, dysbiosis of our immune system. It could be uh, the shampoo, it could be the moisturizer. It could be the clothing that we're wearing, the electromagnetic fields putting up to your head. Uh, many of these things is the PFAS that's lurking into the to the non-wrinkled, beautiful shirt that you just bought. You know, have to wrinkle when you travel, uh, or you know the 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 slippery packaging around food that the food doesn't stick to. All of these things are been created in a lab, and they they expose themselves not only to us but to the food we eat to the drink we have even even the fatal convenience is water right so it's amazing like that we can be 330 million strong in the us and all the in you know you know side note 2.2 2 billion people on the planet don't have water and don't even largely understand that there's clean water um but that said Many of us have a tap, but we're being exposed to things that that we we've done the very bare minimum in terms of the the water treatment plants. We're not dying of typhoid or dysentery or or diphtheria, uh, you know, so we're not acutely uh, dropping dead from these things. But over time, uh, our one of our biggest exposure of PFOS, and that's a per or pro floral alkali substances it's a forever chemical it's uh, it's everywhere uh and that's we're getting exposed via water so if we're not filtering properly this is a massive fatal convenience so so these fatal conveniences are are things that we're not even spending time on because i just buy the laundry detergent i just buy my motor Moisturizer, I like the smell of my shampoo, I like the shirt. And uh on the one hand you think, hey, you know, how harmful is all that? And uh it, it seems as though that uh this exposure doesn't really it persists, it's uh pervasive, uh not in our homes, on our on our bodies, what we consume, uh and 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 added up over time. It, it poses some some big risk.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll tell you two examples I had in my own life just thinking about this segment over the past few days. Um, I was downstairs and I was working out in my house and I thought I should get like a case of bottled water down here, you know, so I don't have to keep hiking up to the gym. I should just keep like a and then I'm like, I don't I probably shouldn't just get a case of bottled water, the plastic water balls. I know they're now saying that that's not great. Don't drink out of those. I'm like, what do I get? The alternative out there, you could get that, you know, boxed water. That's more like in a paper type container. But then I I looked online that had a lot of negative comments. Then it, oh, how about the aluminum cans with water? Well, how's aluminum good? That can't be good. And I'm like, well, I'll go to my tap water. Well, I don't know. I, I I have concerns about the tap water for the very reasons you just said. Huh? So right now I'm just thirsty. <laughs> It's <laughs> probably not the solution, Darren. So I would love to get you no, a comment on the water. But then let me just give you another one quickly. I went for my teeth cleaning the other day. And at the end, it was a normal teeth cleaning. But then at the end, the lady put fluoride all over my teeth without, I did not know she was going to do this. She like shoved it all over. By the way, it was disgusting. It felt like having like paste on your teeth and she said, keep it on for at least an hour if you can, and then brush it out. It was like caked in there. When I flossed my teeth, you had like big chunks of paste. I don't recommend it. But then I'm reading in your book, like fluoride danger, danger, probably definitely don't want to be sucking on it for an hour like I was. So that's just two examples that's in everybody's lives. So what are your thoughts on those two things?
5: Yeah, water is a big one. And like you said, so I have an easy solution for you. Um, buy an, a reverse osmosis water filter for your home and that pushes through a membrane which doesn't allow those small particulates and compounds to get through. Now you've cleaned your water. You can add a pinch of unrefined electrolytes or salts back to it. No problem. And now buy a bunch of glass bottles, put that down there, fill them up, put them in your workout studio everyone's got their own the kids got theirs the husband the you everyone's got your own glass uh, bottles boom done no more plastic and you have clean good water so and that that's for everybody so these things are expensive these things are their uh, reverse osmosis unit is a couple hundred bucks and the savings you get so let's look at the savings the savings is a course there's a money savings because you're not buying plastic uh you're not buying water that's surrounded by plastics that's chelating without a doubt uh it's chelating um, phthalates bpas bphs it's petroleum based uh and it's leaching into you it's mimicking estrogen compounds so it's adding to endocrine disruption uh binding estrogen in your body. So your body perceives there's more estrogen than what's actually natural, which creates a whole cascade. The the whole endocrine system works on minute changes. And so when you introduce any chemical exposure that's mimicking that it has a it has a downstream effect that's really bad. And that then that's a whole nother discussion of uh leading to things like endometriosis, having periods earlier than necessary menopause having disruptions and menopause either earlier or more painful endometriosis men's sperm counts plummeting so so and then think about I, I i looked at this really interestingly and it just kind of dawned on me that you know we are a microorganism. so if i'm exposing myself to there's pesticides there's herbicides they act as kind of antibiotics in our good microflora. so that's a whole nother thing. Uh, glyphosates, rips, uh, creates a lot of just di- uh, digestive w- disorders and things like that. So now now with that one water tweak, you've cleaned up your water, you've lessened this exposure. And I think of all of this stuff, Megan, is going from the inside out. That's the approach I would take. If I was looking at this fatal convenience thing, I would say like, okay, you're opening your mouth to the world. Let's clean that up first. Let's mm-hmm. minimize food that's wrapped in plastic, minimize ultra processed food because it's not even food much anymore. It's more of the chemicals and preservatives and flow agents and, and things like that. So minimize that exposure. And then in terms of the water, clean the water yourself with a reverse osmosis, get some good glass jars, And, um, and then from there, you kind of can work your way out terms of fluoride. Wow. This is a, this is a movie. I was so deep into the fluoride thing. It was freaky. Um, so, you know, there was some studies way back in the day, a a few dental researchers, uh, was discovering fluoride and they realized, yeah, there is some potential cavity, uh, support there but but what 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 they didn't take into account is naturally occurring fluoride uh or or really it's called it's fluorine um they they saw that in the dust bowl that when the, the the dust off of the uh central united states blew over it landed up in this one kind of town and they had mineral rich soil and they had a lot of these naturally occurring minerals as well as fluorine. They had perfect teeth. So there was these researchers on the one hand, this other kind of anecdotal research that they started to research and, and see that it was good for the teeth. And then they adopted and the thing that they take a left turn and every, every fatal convenience, Megan, is a left turn. You're saying, okay there's some evidence. Let's look at this. Let's test it. Let's go. But then they take a left turn and the fluoride that they're putting in the water. We didn't, did we have a say in that by the way? No, you put a, you put a, you put a compound in there and it's a derivative of the aluminum industry and the, the, the herbicidal industry. So that fluoride is not naturally occurring It's a, it's a, it's coming from these industries. And so they're blasting it. And then the research was alarming because it's absolutely connected in children to lower the studies in my book, lowering IQ with that exposure. So, so it really was showing as a neurotoxic compound. And so, you know, in our water, in our toothpastes, uh, promoting it to kids, uh, so just, what what should it, we be doing
1: with, I mean, should we be using toothpaste? Should we be getting like the whole foods toothpaste, which doesn't have fluoride in it? What should we be doing?
5: hundred percent. Yeah. Stay away from fluoride. There's, 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 listen, you take care of yourself, lower the sugary foods, eat more plants, all of that stuff. That's good for your teeth anyway. And then mm. I wouldn't expose yourself to fluoride in any way. Filter that water, get rid of the toothpaste. There's a great company called bite toothpaste these little bites clean products, sustainable packaging, refillable, and you just bite down on it and you brush normally. It's like
1: I'm mad I let the lady put that on me. She said you had it the last time. I'm like, no, I did. As soon as you put it on, like I have never had this disgusting thing on my anyway. okay, I'm halfway gone. But it's a a good
5: point, Megan, because once you become aware, it's not even them, even the doctors and their, their quote unquote protocols. It's all right to go okay if i now have that awareness i'm just not going to have that done that's not necessary right. and that's your choice to say no to that stuff so yes well, right. so the here's the other thing but
1: one of the things that alarmed me was as somebody who my doctor always tells me he's very frank um he says i have an excellent chance of get a chance of getting skin cancer <laughs> excellent chance and uh because i'm so fair and i'm half irish and you know i'm just very pasty so I definitely use sunscreen on myself and I lather my kids in it because they're as pasty as I am. And they, unlike me, they're out in the sun all day during the summer. You know, they're, they're on the water, they're, they're playing sports. You know, I'm sure every parent out there listening can relate to this and I don't want them to get skin cancer. You know, you, you do all the damage usually under age 12 and it comes back to haunt you later. But I, you are definitely sounding the alarm on, on SP, on like sunblock. So what do we do about this problem?
5: Yes. So this is a this is kind of a straight down the pipe common sense. So, you know, listen, I think that the research is very clear that once you go out in the sun, you have to respect your pigment. You have to expect where your melanin levels are, what your tan base is. So yeah, if you're if you're pasty <laughs> respect your pigment,
4: then,
1: sweetheart.
5: <laughs> respect your pigment, <laughs> exactly. So so if you're if you haven't had a lot of sun exposure, your actual ability to create vitamin D is greater because your your body is going to receive that those UV and UV UVB and UVA light and convert it to vitamin D really efficiently. So so when you have a base, you can actually stay in the sun longer because and, and produce the same amount of vitamin vitamin D it takes a little longer. So I say respect your base, go out with nothing on other than just, you know, get some exposure with no chemicals yet on. So get some good exposure. Don't ever burn. That's clear. You don't want to damage your skin. And, and then stay away from these, there's these nasty chemicals and sunscreen, oxybenzenes that are, you know, these are probable carcinogens. Right and so, if your your kids kids out there, let them play a little bit, and then maybe you know some very good nanoparticulate uh, zinc oxide that it doesn't absorb in the skin, it's not harmful, it's very good, uh and then cover up, right so. A so you can't point, cover up your face. That's what, that's what really yeah. gets exposed. Like you can't all day long with the kids.
1: Yeah. They have to have something. Is there anything yeah. that you're okay with? Like they have the new mineral sunscreens yeah. that are impossible yeah. to rub yeah. in, but so, are those better?
5: Yeah. So yeah, zinc oxides, titanium oxides, like these kinds of things I have. There's, there's some good DIYs in there. If you want to make a nice little project, I was thinking about this, like, you know, with kids, teach them what you're doing and then do a DIY and why are you doing this? Hey, we're staying away from these chemicals. We're making our own. You make a big batch and now you have natural deodorant that you had a little class with your, your kids and they get to understand w- what it is, why it is. Uh, it's healthier for them. And they're not, also not running around afraid of the sun. It's ridiculous. We have our skin is solar panels. If, and and if the, the, the research shows anything over 15, the amount of chemicals that are in there were, were sprinting us towards some endocrine disruption. So on the one hand, we get so afraid of this beautiful thing called, called the sun. And on the other hand, well, why are you afraid of it? Because people keep saying you're going to get cancer. But then there's carcinogenic activity in the damn sunscreen itself. So... you you know, but without, without people's knowledge of it. And that's where it gets really wonky, right? So yes, understand, protect your skin. Don't, don't burn, don't stay out too long, put a freaking hat on. And there's a lot of great, healthy alternatives, especially for the kids.
1: I'm really in that camp now. I, I actually don't always put on, like, I, I just cover, I'm, I'm, I look like I'm going out for the winter when in the summer months, I wear less in the winter months, than I do in the summer months. <laughs> I'm more likely to be in a tank top then uh, just because I'm, I'm scared of skin cancer and I know it, it could get me. Um, oh, moisturizers. This is fascinating. I mean, most people put moisturizers on their body, their face. Some of us do it every morning and every evening. And I know you like coconut oil. Can I say, this might've been from the last time you were on, you mentioned it. And I did switch over to coconut oil for my body and I just get it in the Whole Foods out of like the where you get the olive oil. You just get the, the coconut oil. And I love it. It smells so good. It goes on like it's a little greasy at first, but after one minute, it's it's gone. You don't have to worry about it like getting on your bed sheets or your clothes. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like a little bit closer to natural. But you're saying use it on your face too. Get rid of the expensive beauty products which are toxic.
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, there, there's some great I called out some great companies in there, uh, actually ran into a very good friend of mine, Ben Fuchs is a pharmacist and he created 25 years ago when I lived in Boulder, Colorado, he created a great, uh, skin nutrition. He doesn't even call it care. It's nutrition for the skin and it's called truth treatments. And, uh, and he's just been a good friend. And so when you realize that this is nutrition, this is, it's not about, there's nothing, the problem with all this stuff, it it, it it manipulates us into thinking we're wrong or we're broken or something. So so therefore, we got to do this. Oh, my God, your skin's wrong. It's not, it can't protect itself at all. So this the sun's going to bother you. It's going to affect you. It's going to kill you, all of this stuff. And this is where it just gets really wonky. So, yes, I mean, the skin, you know, sometimes depending on, you know, someone's health, what their sebum is doing, which is the the, the skin has like 2,500 to 6,000 per square inch of these sebum. It's natural moisturizers of the skin. And with the moisturizers, if we've become chemicalized and we keep putting these moisturizers, which they're full of parabens and phthalates, which are also too a double whammy of more endocrine disruption, uh, then it kind of hijacks this natural sebum, uh, natural mechanism. So when you go back to and I'm really happy to hear that when you go back to these natural oils, there's something that just feels better. And then all of these fatal conveniences, when you can make the shift, there's something powerful in it, because you start to integrate your knowledge becomes action becomes the change. And then you line yourself up with things that are Infinitely better for you. And over time, and this is how it all started with me. When my dad had chemical sensitivity in the 90s, I thought he was crazy, just like everyone else. But then when he would sell, send the care package to me that I had to use in order to be around him when I came back from college, uh, I started to realize, oh, this stuff is harming me. I just didn't know about it because I'm human and we adapt. So well, but our our ad- adaptation uh doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. um so, so, yeah, it's a lot of this stuff when you when I say it, when I talk about it, when I reveal it, it's shocking, but it's also a common sense kind of thing,
1: well, and the thing is, I like the the whole body thing uh, for the skin makes sense to me. There's so much area. you know that's like you yeah. should pay attention. You're going to cover your whole body in a product. You should yeah. feel good about that product. You know, the face, mm, even if I start just using coconut oil on the face, I, like a lot of people, also then cover my face in makeup. And I know you're yep. worried about lipstick and you're worried about eye makeup. Like that's a deal breaker. That's where we break up, Darren. Like we got to, <laughs> yeah, you have a couple of brands that you say we can have. But even if I decided to stay with my current brands, you, you, I think your point is just cut out what you can. It's, it's like try to limit. You don't have to shoot for perfect.
5: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and listen, on the side, Megan, I just say, you know, play with some stuff, just practice with it. And you can always go back. I mean, clearly you're you're in the position you, you're in. you always have to use some of these things. By the way, my ex-wife, Eliza Coop, used to take from when she'd get offset. You know what? Coconut oil became the one of the great ways to clean makeup really efficiently off the face right Really, so if clean it off the coconut Trying yeah it was amazing Trying Clean it off and then wash your face normally and um yeah so listen i'm not saying slather yourself with coconut oil even not even though i've done that a, a, for a long time but but there are better nutritional uh products that you can put on your skin that are gifting for your skin um so so that's the shift and then in terms of makeup yeah, I mean, uh, there's some great beetroot uh, DIYs I have in the book. So so you can play with the beetroot and the bright, you know, red That's colors and stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would love to see it to 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 see you try.
1: <laughs> yeah, I w- I think that we could make a show out of that for sure. I, I would I want to move on to food, but can I ask you about a couple like men's products? Shaving cream. Well, what are you supposed to use instead?
5: Uh, easy. That that one's easy, like shave in the shower. Your skin is already there. I, I actually use my um, natural cleanser. So when I'm cleansing my face, um, I'll just use that. So it's like a, like a little soapy and I'll just shave there. But I always for 20 years, I just shaved in the shower. So and when any, you say natural anything, cleanser,
1: you're saying that because you don't like soap either.
5: Well, I mean, there's there's healthier soap. But most of the exfoliants and regular soap are just very, very stripping and drying of the skin, which is, again, kind of thwarting your natural mechanisms. Um, and, And by the way, you don't have to shower. You can shower off, but you don't have to soap yourself all the time. Maybe, you know, some of the areas that get a little more activity, but you don't have to always soap every square inch of your body all the time.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to shower all the time either. My husband is an obsessive showerer. His entire family, they love the damn shower. My God, he would take three showers a day. Not me. I'm like four times a week. Fine. I, I, I don't need to be in there seven days. What you say happens to your skin does happen to your skin if you over shower.
5: Mm-hmm. For sure. Especially then you're adding on the products too. And whatever those questionable products are, are just creating a further a further challenge for your skin itself.
1: Hmm. All right. So I want to talk about food because that's that's what everybody worries about. And God, we get so much conflicting information. It's so annoying. So annoying. So let me take a quick pause and we'll come back. We'll pick it up on the food front right after this with Darren. Don't go away.
4: If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family ixl is an online learning program for kids that covers math language arts science and social studies backed by research kids using ixl are scoring higher on tests it's no wonder it's used in 95 percent of the top 100 school districts in the u.s plus a month of ixl costs less than an hour of tutoring. get an exclusive 20 percent off ixl membership when you sign up today at ixl.com slash 20 visit ixl.com slash 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price
6: For the love of home.
1: So, food. All right, Darren, walk us through what you eat in a day.
5: Uh, I usually wake up and I have a smoothie probably within the, the first hour of my uh, being awake. And uh, that's usually consists of a bunch of fruit. Um, and um, I, I do use uh, raw living spirulina. My Baruca nuts I found and uh, usually a, a little scoop of Shakeology that I created for Beachbody. And then uh, and then I'll work out in a little bit and then I'll come back. I have maybe like oatmeal, nuts, berries, a smoothie bowl. Um, and then I'll kind of go uh, till the end of the day uh, from there. And that that will be usually a massive, <laughs> massive a flintstone sized salad um tempeh um you know uh, avocado um i'm i'm i i really like to make a, a killer burrito or uh, even vegan pizza um that kind of thing but uh that's that's typically what it is um mm-hmm. two to two to three meals a day
1: where do you stand on because i know there's a chapter on red meat poultry those kinds of uh, protein sources.
5: I, for me personally, I've kind of like um, I've eliminated the middleman and the middleman of of needing to get uh, uh, protein or amino acids from from the flesh of a of a, another animal. I just don't need. So you know, better part of twenty years running around the globe looking at nutrient dense food. I was like, well, why would I need to kill anything in order to to eat it? So my point of view is, you don't need it. Um, however, in the book, I did say, if you, if you must, I have many suggestions of, of complete proteins and everything else. I am not ever a uh, protein starved, um, but I do have suggestions for people to find better versions of, of conventional grown meat and mm-hmm. poultry and eggs and all of that stuff. Cause there's, there's some massive, massive dangers to that that whole conventional growing process for sure.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, so you're supposed to be using pasture raised eggs, right? What's the, the, I feel like the conventional wisdom on eggs changes every two years. They're full of cholesterol. You shouldn't eat them. You should only eat the whites and not the yolks. You should eat them every day. They're a massive and important source of protein. Like I, I don't know what the, I'm so confused.
5: Well, from my point of view, no, it's 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 not confusing. Like, again, why would I eat the the menstruation of a of a of a chicken? Uh, <laughs> oh like there's, God, there's, I've never
1: heard somebody put it that way. <laughs> there, there's
5: there's there's no need for me to eat that. That is not I'm not going to be starved of uh, of chicken menstruation. Uh, it's just not necessary. And yeah, I mean, the cholesterol argument all of these people there every day there's, there's, there's websites dedicated to people eating huge amounts of meat and cholesterol and stuff who are having severe problems. They're in a really bad experiment. Uh, and, and you, all you see is people getting a six pack abs in the first two weeks of doing that stuff. So listen, I, I, I am not a fan of those kind of things. You look at the Longevity studies, of long populations, they they didn't eat much at all of of animal-based proteins. So again, I just go back to healthy, whole living food. And uh, if you eat a wide variety of nuts, seeds, legumes, mushrooms, uh, plants, fiber, fiber is the king. Um, And we're learning more and more. If you increase your fiber, you help to increase your diversity of your microbiome. Your microbiome's healthy. You're gonna actually going to receive and assimilate the food. Uh, you can gobble all you want, but it's what your body can receive, and it's what is in the food. We we do know that over the course of the last industrial, from the industrial revolution to our, us trying to maximize the food consumption, the nutrient value for sure, even the protein value, has gone down in all in about forty three tested. Um, of uh, plants, and so so you you have to definitely kind of break free of that conventional uh, food thing that is going on, and and try to grow your own food. We have forty seven million acres of lawn in the United States. So uh, Paul Hawken, good buddy of mine, was pointing this out. Like, and then if you just take half of that, we eliminate food insecurity, and then you increase the nutrient value of the food and then you have it readily available. Uh, and, and, and largely we go, we go forward knowing where our food is. Um, and and instead of transporting food around the world, um, that has to be picked early that as soon as you pick it, the nutrient value plummets. Um, and, and then, you know, The the ultra processed delirium that we're in that forty percent of the 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 people in America are are consuming ultra processed foods and of that most of the calories are coming from what they're coming from cheap cookies and crackers and chips and dessert dessertery things like that's crazy and then you add on top of it kids. Um, who are consuming sixty percent of their calories from nutrient starved food. So I look at all this stuff. I look at my fatal convenience. Yeah, I scratch my head. I swore many times during this the writing of this book because, because I'm staring at the research. I had twenty researchers helping me scour through. Each chapter could have been its own book. Um, so you know, my biggest thing is i I, I get impatient. And, uh, when, when I don't see regulatory bodies and I don't see, and I see people suffering, you know, you and I talked about my super life book. I think these things go together. You can try to eat all the best things you want in your life and you're working really hard. But when then, when you're getting exposed to chemicals that are literally creating metabolic syndrome, causing all kinds of problems, undercutting your, your ability to live optimally, we have to look at this stuff. We have to look mm-hmm. at this honestly so that we can start to change this stuff because the delusion of someone out there, how could they possibly let 60 to 80,000 chemicals in our environment and only test 1,500? Yeah, exactly. How could yeah. they? And right. so could that, that's the craziness that we're in. And then just the little finish on that is, We, they don't, they, they don't test for safety first. They, they wait until there's a, there's a large body of pushback. And then they use things called plausible deniability, where if they don't test their products, then they don't actually know they're harmful. And so then, and then using all these loopholes of fragrances and flavorings and all of this stuff, it's just ridiculous. And so I'm not here to go, oh, my God, that's so, you know, you know, yeah, there's 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 there's, these are shitty regulations. They shouldn't be this way. But again, like I I don't want to spend time. I'm staring at it. I get pissed off for a second. But I want to spend time with the mamas of the world to wake up and go, hey, there's there's things that you can help the whole family. You can help your whole community. You can help your pet. You can help your child. You can help your husband. You can help yourself. Uh, and, and these things are added up over time. They are causing all kinds of problems that, you know, you're going to your doctor they want to give you more medication. They don't even know what the hell is going on. But when we clean up this chemical freaking romance that we have going on, you clean up your house, your house being your body first, your house, second, your family, then we have a revolution of health. Because, you know, I use this example where if you want to see the power of nature, which is us, look at Chernobyl. You know, we, we, th- that's us at the extreme, right? There's a meltdown. No one can ever live there again. But if you go back there and if you see the film and the footage, guess what nature did? Nature said, "I don't care if the soil's contaminated and it blasted through, so wildlife came back and plants are growing. It's like in the face of that toxicology, right? So that's what I believe. I believe that more powerfully than anything else that we, if we get the hell out of the way, if we get this shit out of the way, and we allow ourselves to let life flourish. We are so freaking unstoppable and powerful. That's what I want for people. That's the other side of super life. Get rid of this shit so that your body can freaking thrive because it knows how to do it. But if we're constantly being thwarted by these subtle and persistent cumulative burdens Then how the hell are we supposed to have the life that we truly want? We're dragging around a chemistry set of all of this chemical exposure. It's like no, no way, man. Not anymore. It feels so
1: overwhelming. You know, it feels like what if I? Okay, so I switch the the moisturizing lotion and this shaving cream and the shampoo, and I try to grow a garden and eat from it or buy organic, avoid the dirty dozen. We can talk about that. You like frozen frozen fruits, um, somewhat more. Um, then I sit down in my chair, which has been sprayed for, you know, to be, to be fire retardant. And then I go over and I walk on my carpet, which has been sprayed to be dog pee repellent. And, you know, so it's, and then I just breathe the air, which is sending over plastics from Germany, you know, <laughs> or I just read that new car smell that everybody loves. That those are chemicals you're you're So it's like, right. oh my god, why am I why am I worried about the damn coconut oil in my body? There's no there's no getting out of this,
5: right? Yeah, but it's all it's everything, Megan. It's like it's everything. So it's like I think of this as like look at look at relationships that work and and that don't work. If you don't face your problems with each other, then your your relationship's screwed. Right? You have to face these honestly. I wish I didn't have to write this book. I wish my dad didn't suffer from this. I wish people with electrosensitivity aren't suffering as a result of smartifying everything. I wish it didn't exist, but it does exist. So, what are we going to sit back and be a victim? Or are we going to make these consistent changes? And again, your change, I'm inspired by you. Because by you taking that coconut oil, you've just now eliminated the largest organ uh, in your, on your body, in your body, for your body. Now you're not chemicalizing it with phthalates and parabens and fragrances that are undercutting your health. That is massive, massive. And then the snowball happens. When you become an advocate for yourself, then you're unstoppable. And then you just make the next choice like, oh, wow, he's not saying Darren's not saying don't use perfume, just don't use their perfume, use rose oil, a hydrosol of lavender, uh, flower essences, which will not only help you parasympathetically help your stress response during the day, it actually will help the other people around you, as mm-hmm. opposed to abusing you, Right. And abusing other people around you with these fragrances that are created in the lab. So can can and, we spend yeah, a minute
1: on yeah. on um radio on electromagnetic radiation because I know that is a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, you're referencing now on chemicals or that the sensitivity to it. So can you explain what that is and what people need to know?
5: Yeah. So very quickly, the research is kind of it's a big rabbit hole. But even the WHO is pushing for the classification of electrosensitivity as a classification of a type of disability for people. And there's about, I think, about 17% that have, that have acknowledged, 17% of the people in this country that have realized they are electrosensitive. So obviously, the easy one is a cell phone, right? So they they have studied that the FCC has some regulations to it, but it's 20 years old. And all they're really doing is taking in the thermal heat of those things, calling that a safety. But that's ridiculous because they are frequency generators in the electromagnetic field that they create. And so the research, I was talking with Dr. Andrew Huberman about this, who started to dive into it, too and there's some very clear things that pop up. It is so weird because it's almost as if it's a chemical exposure. So one thing is it opens up the blood brain barrier. Again, all of this stuff is by proximity and long use. So if you take a call and it's five seconds, it's not really gonna do much to you. But if you're taking a call all day, every day, Wi-Fi, laptop, A cell phone and you're swimming around in this it shows that over time blood brain barrier opens up proteins can go into the brain that aren't supposed to be there and then a cascade of inflammatory responses can happen the other Mm -hmm. thing is in the these fields again over time and proximity if that cell phone is close to me up to me then that's where it gets really damaging it creates free radical oxygen species can compromise the immune system and uh and then the other crazy things are it's causing and more edcs endocrine disrupting activity in the body and the motility and the sperm activity of men are going down as well as testosterone so so that 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 is really really alarming so there's many different studies that kept showing that there's enough evidence around that stuff but again It's a little bit of like the tobacco industry and the telecommunications. They're like, "Yep, everyone acknowledged needs more study," but then you're like, "Okay, if, if you're showing that there's damage, and you keep saying there's more study, why the hell are you increasing all of this stuff? Because 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, they're all still here." So I think of it as terms of it's pollution, and that pollution is causing stress on the body. Think of it as pollution. And stress. You don't have to be a PhD in electromedicine medicine to understand what's going on, but this stuff is causing stress. We know that they're a probable carcinogenic activity because they sh- they're showing glioma response. So when you put a cell phone up to your head, again, over time and proximity, there's links to glioma cancers. So this is showing up all over in the research. So my question is, if it's all over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studies, why is it that we're not talking about it? Why is it that we don't force these telecommunication companies to, to do some safety data and safety yeah. steps? They, they do show and say that the, the cell phone should not be nine inches uh, close to your body. Who's, who, who does that? Everyone takes a phone call and you put it up to your head. They took it, mm-hmm. put it in your sports bra. They put it in their pocket. Get that shit off of your body. Put it on mm-hmm. airplane mode. Uh, get protective devices. I talk to a bunch about stuff. Turn your Wi-Fi router at, off at night. You don't need it. You will sleep better. It's connected to sleep apnea and a bunch of other stuff. So it's stress. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. But it's there. And a minimum,
1: you know, a lot of people sleep with their cell phones next to their bed. And why you wouldn't put it on on airplane mode when you go to sleep and it's right next to your head? That's silly. That Of course, that's what you should do. Put it on airplane. You don't need your sleep. So yeah. why would you be so close to it? Letting you know something happen. But, I, you know, I, I bet some people are feeling overwhelmed right now. Like, Oh, my God, I'd rather just, like if all this is true, why isn't everybody watch walking around with glioblastomas in the head and, like you know, their skin falling off from all the toxic chemicals? And, you know, people like me who grew up in the 1970s where I was having McDonald's every other day, um, most preserved, most processed food ever. I'm fine. My, my numbers are great. Thank God. And my lipid panels, all that stuff. So you think, OK, this is all survivable. So the people who just want to sort of shrug their shoulders and say, I'm not dealing with this bullshit final message
5: to them yeah that's fine they can do whatever they want like i'm not here to convince (laughs) anybody i want to give you information if you want a choice if you if you want to deny your your common sense if it if it if it isn't common sense for you not to put your your phone up to your head there's nothing i can do for you so i would say hey this is about living the greatest life ever from my point of view take it uh, or don't you know i just want people to have the information
1: yeah. And again, maybe you could make some changes. Maybe some changes make sense for you that 100%. could make a difference long term. And for that, you'll have Darren to thank. Thank you so much. It's great to see you again. Don't forget, his Good book is you. called Fatal Conveniences. You can get it right now. You'll order it right now. Uh, Fatal Conveniences the toxic products and harmful habits that are making you sick and the simple changes that will save your health. Fascinating book. You can check him out with Zach Efron too in their special. Down to Earth uh, on Netflix. They're going to come out with a third season soon. And I want to tell you that tomorrow we're going to be joined right here on the program by David Sachs of the All In Podcast. Love him. Then on Thursday, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is back with us. That one you won't want to miss. Thanks for listening to The Megyn Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear.
6: NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories.